Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Erios. Welcome to The Complete Man, an instructional lecture series guaranteed to transform you into the man of your dreams. With your host, Franklin May. Part 4, Sports and Leisure, or Bond with Guns. Yeehaw! <laughs> All work and no play makes Freck a dull boy. <laughs> Truer words have never been said. Now, it's no secret that to the day I die early from an all-beef coronary, I'm a working man through and through. But why live my entire life slating away for the company stow? <laughs> it's simple. So I can enjoy the 2.4% of my life actually spent recreating. You see, without fear, threat, and dread, no soul can truly appreciate happiness. That duality of nature is what the Chinese call yin-yin. And it's precisely this perfect balance of negativity versus positivity that makes life worth living. But what would happen if you were to regularly step up the bad side, or yin, like I do? Well, friend, it makes that sweet side, or yin, all the more sweeter. That's why I work 18-hour days in a 6.5-day work week. So when I do finally settle down on a Sunday afternoon from 3 to 4.30 p.m. to enjoy myself, the reward is vastly greater. Now, there are many quality activities with which a good gentleman can occupy himself on a Sunday afternoon. Just to name a few. A fine jigsaw puzzle. A thrilling game of bridge. An exhilarating match of bocce. A lusty round of cornhole. Some horsey shoes. Badminton. Good mitten. Okay mitten. Horrible mitten. Ooh, mystery mitten. Or something me and the neighborhood boys call stag circle. What fun! But even those delights withstanding, there's perhaps no more fulfilling a pastime than the age-old game of... Chapter 1. Golf. For a real man in today's ragtag world, there's no sport more rewarding and yet somehow more frustrating than the old duffer's lament. Golf. Why, just last week I shot six holes in one on the front nine, only to follow it up with eight septuple bogeys on the back nine. And don't even get me started on the side nine. But my bottom nine was pretty good. And for my top nine, Perry Como comes in at number one with Milkman at the back door. My point is, we're all just searching for a little consistency in our putts and a little dependability in our butts. Now, I don't normally curse like that, but you must understand, that's precisely what the game of golf can do to a fellow. Why, I've seen a top man, a pillar of society, mind you, reduced to an emotional rubble simply by slicing his Schlesinger 7 into the tufty rough. My hand to God, just six moons ago, my cousin Abner had a bad lie on the course and promptly walked into the wilderness, only to return the next day bleeding from his eyes and dressed in a gown made of willow thatch. Forget the grand and ethical war in Vietnam, the game of golf is what can truly destroy a man's soul. So then why do we play it? Well, I'll tell you why, Karen. And it's perhaps something only a grown man can understand. It's because we men feel, 
at some time in our lives, that we must enter what the author Joseph Conrad called the heart of darkness. And I'll tell you what, he had that much right. But what he didn't have quite right was the sport. Don't misunderstand me. A good Congolese river conflict is fine fun. I prefer a classic Boer War myself, but it's nothing compared to the feeling you get when driving a divot so deep as to give a Chinaman a flat top. Golf. Now, to aid you in your quest, I've asked the resident golf professional from the very exclusive Whitest Pines Country Club, Russ Tenderson, to give you a complimentary lesson. Got your clubs? Pocket full of balls? Snug in your knickers and becleated shoes? <laughs> Good. Let's begin. Hello, Russ Tenderson, Whitest Pines. So you want to learn to play golf. That's no problem. I've been teaching people how to play golf for a long time. Uh, beginners and experienced people who just want to brush up, and I'm pretty good at giving advice. Golf was invented by the Scots. Uh, they can't play it for anything these days. I've had a fellow come out, from, came straight out of Scotland. I said, well, let's see how it's played in Scotland. This guy was a mess, literally crumpled up crying in the sand pit. And I just thought, well, obviously you you invented it. We perfected it. Anyhow, first thing you're going to need if you want to play golf is a golf ball, and you're going to need a bag of clubs. Now, if you're a first-timer, chances are you're just going to use one or two clubs. You're going to use a real smack-it club. That's going to be like a one-iron, and then you're going to use your putter when you get up real close and that uh you, you basically just boil it down. i'll tell you what i'll listen i'm gonna be totally honest with you i don't know a lot about the different clubs and things like that and what they do because i've got a caddy for that and i you know caddy drives the cart and i mostly just sit there and i have a, a bunch of gin and tonics i go out there with a pitcher of gin and tonics and uh and mostly the whole exercise for me is trying to keep my ice cold and that's because if once by the time you don't have any ice anymore and it's just you and a warm pitcher of gin and tonics, it's time to bring it into the clubhouse. But anyway, I get out there, and it's me and my caddy, and this is a guy named Charles, and he's been caddying for me for, for God, it's got to be 15 years by now. I get the feeling he'd love to move on and do something else with his life. He's got a family to support, and, you know, I don't pay him hardly but anything, and, you know. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story because he comes to me every once in a while. He says, I need another job here. You know, you got to hook me up with something in the kitchen. I mean, the guys in the kitchen get paid more than Charles. And I just, to be honest with you, by the time he brings it up, I'm usually half into the bag and I browbeat him. And uh, he's just been with me 15 years. Anyway, so what I say is, you know, uh, Charles, hand me the ball and put the little woody thing on it. You know, there's a little woody thing that you put in the ground and your ball goes on that and just smack the hell out of it with a uh, what I believe to be a one iron. And uh, then Charles finds it, finds a ball for me. Sometimes if it's in an inconvenient place, if it has a bad lie or whatnot, I'll, I'll quite honestly, I'll make it out like it was Charles's fault because he handed me the club and then he'll put, it's his job to put it someplace good. Anyway, come on out to Whitest Pines, and uh, as long as you qualify culturally and just in terms of being uh, the right kind of person, we'll set you up with a caddy who's, uh, you know, like Charles, somebody who's uh, used to taking abuse, and and uh, we'll get it in the hole. Chapter 2, The Great Outdoors. When I said I worked a 6.5-day work week, I wasn't joking, Buster. But it doesn't mean that once a year I don't take about 20 weeks off to get back to getting back to nature. The only thing I love more than camping is fishing. Because you can fish while camping, and you still get to take an innocent creature's life. However, the only thing I love more than fishing is hunting. 
because you get to take an innocent creature's life, but in a violent and bloody manner. There's no better way to take in the fresh mountain air or see the sun set over the snow-peaked crags than when covered in the crimson blood of a fearsome zero-point fawn. And unlike golf, hunting has no rules, inherent dangers, moral implications, or any limitations whatsoever. So rather than take you through how to hunt, it's better just to list the things you'll need to hunt and send you on your merry way. Number one you'll need a gun. You can use a crossbow or bow and arrow as well, but what are you, Robin Hood in your little green tights and pointy hat? No, you're not that sort. Number two, a crossbow or bow and arrow. Number three, a buck knife. Number four, a grenade if you can. Number five, camouflage fatigues head to toe and camouflage paint on your face head to toe. Well, that's it. But hold on, Chester. Let's discuss just what sort of gun one should have. I mean, that's what we're really getting at here. You see, it's not just owning a gun, but shooting a gun at anything that moves at any time that is an inalienable right offered to us by the United States Constitution of America, absolutely into the end of time, no interpretation there. Hell, it's not just a right, it's a civic duty to fire a gun at least once a day. I do every morning after I brush my teeth and before I brush my beef. So, just what kind of heat does this man about wilderness pack? Well, I like a Remington stack waster. But my hunting friend Tad uses a Winchester Buffalo Exploder. While my other hunting friend Glenn shoots a Colt Panda Bear Extinctor. And yet my one other hunting companion Phil carries a Smith & Wesson Rainforest Decimator. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. Enjoy your weapon with reckless impunity, but be very careful to employ flagrant disregard for all natural life and its surroundings. Why? Because it's written on some old paper by some guys. Now, to aid you in your quest for firearms, I've asked a qualified expert to give you a complimentary gun lesson. The resident golf professional from the very exclusive Whitest Pines Gun Club, Russ Tenderson. Got your gun, Annie? Pocket full of bullets? Trigger finger itching for some action? <laughs> Good. Let's begin. Hi there, Russ Tenderson back again to talk to you about my other passion, which is shooting stuff with guns. And I've got a whole lot of guns. My wife sometimes says, there's so many guns here, we don't have any room to move around. That's basically true. There's guns on the floor and guns on the chairs, and our house is basically a, it's more of a gun house. But... As I was saying before uh, regarding golf, golf is a gin and tonic game. It always has been for me. And uh, 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 shooting guns is more of a scotch type of situation. I go out there and and, uh, and I just bring as many guns as I can pile in the car, 20, 30 guns and whatnot, and just fire them off. Important thing, most important thing with a gun is your stance. And that's, by the way, that's when it's time to stop shooting guns, when you can no longer really hold that stance anymore because the Scotch has just got the better of you. It's time to get back in the car and drive home. But uh, the stance is important and the way you hold the gun because you want to hold it in such a way that you can shoot it. And it's also important that it's got uh, bullets in it. And there's different kinds of guns. will take different kinds of bullets in different ways. And so one of the things you need to learn is, is this a gun where i got to put the bullets in one at a time or will it go in one of their container See, i got a gun caddy. I don't know a lot about the different kinds of guns and whatnot, but i I got a guy whose name is Lorne, and he's uh, he's my gun caddy, and he's on call 24 hours a day, Lorne, and he is a, a law school graduate, but he got no time 
to practice law whatsoever at all because I call him all all times of the day. He was trying to do both things for a while, trying to keep down his his law job and be my gun caddy. And the demands of helping me shoot things just became overwhelming, and he had to give up the law. And I don't pay him, but hardly anything. But anyway, he's a good guy, and uh, you know, he and I get drunk and shoot and stuff. And you come on down and join us. There. Now, like me, you'll be regaling your children and grandchildren to come with countless stories about when you grabbed your gun and fought in the war of shooting defenseless animals in the beautiful mountains while men your age were dying face down in the Korean tundra because you got a delayed testicle drop deferment in the winter of 52. All right. What's next? Ah, yes. Camping. Home economics away from home. The only time a man should feel it's okay to cook. But even then, we're just talking two eggs in an unbuttered skillet and coffee so thick and black you could line your eyes like Morticia Adams. And why not? You're away from home and all bets are off. You could dance like a goose-pimpled forest nymph and your camping buddies wouldn't tell because they're doing it too. You might even... Oh. Write a poem. You see, camping isn't just about communing with nature. It's about communing with friends and, dare I say, even yourself. Think of a campfire as the altar to a church that is the wilderness. Would your priest betray your privacy when you confessed to having stolen the rectory incense because the smell reminded you of that time in Durango when you devoured your dog-eared paperback of the bell jar? Of course not. And neither will your buddies. Because this is brotherhood. And also because if they do, you can tell Louise that her husband Stuart prefers his toast buttered on the bottom, if you know what I mean. Keeping things discreet is the gentleman's way. In fact, it even has a name. It's called The Gobbler's Promise. From an old Ottoman parable where a tom turkey makes an oath not to betray the secrets of the mysterious Bosphorus cabal. But when he's tempted by Janus, the whirling pervish, he must contend with his struggle between honor and having a massive turkey erection. The Gobbler's Promise. Check it out at your local library. Chapter 3. The Great Indoors. For Maribel and myself, well, nothing gets our blood pumping like a bracing, fast-paced round of bridge. But bridge can also be a complicated and nuanced game of betrayal by your wife to not play the hand you so rigidly see in only your mind. But just how is the game played? And how is it won? It's an involved and intricate pastime, to be sure. But listen closely as I explain the rules, and I think you'll find it a logical series of cause-and-effect parameters that ultimately lead to great fun. Here's how to play. Situate two couples at a card table. The couples must be married or engaged as per standard bridge rules. Sit the partners opposite each other so everyone is seated next to a member of the opposing duo. Serve drinks and mixed nuts. Deal each player 60 or so cards. Women have the option of an additional two if they are menstruating. The first phase of a bridge game is called the bidding. The player who has last had a skin biopsy goes first. Advantage me there. They begin by bidding how many cards of a particular suit they can play in succession. A reminder, there are six suits of cards in every deck. They are hearts, diamonds, paw prints, little shovels, those old-timey fuse bombs, and a half-eaten piece of Mayan fertility corn. After a player is bidded, the other players may outbid that player, continuing around the table until someone has to go in and check on the roast, Maribel, it's burning. Whatever the last bit was is now the number with which to begin the second phase. This stage is called the milking. 
This round begins by the player with the largest Philadelphia wang taking a card from their deck and placing it on the discard pile. The next player must follow the suit of the previously played card, or if not, make their case why in a prepared Gilbert and Sullivan madrigal. <laughs> Advantage me there, again. The other players vote on its efficacy. The game continues until all of the cards are spent, and the last player to discard always wins, regardless of any of the other elements of the game at any time, no matter what. Well, that's how it's played. That's bridge. And the winner, contrary to my tastes, is always allowed the opportunity to recite a victory poem. I don't care for this rule, but there's just no getting around it. <laughs> you know, just something like... A lion's gaze may well be more kind than the fixed stare of a solitary spade. Poised at the ready like Solomon's spear to wound this supple Christ's side. And in starry consequence, ope the veins of destiny to unleash a run of diamonds so fierce that the very lion from the first line of this poem should hide itself hence for fear and hide its bristly snout amid the folds of its mother's watery teats. For bridge, my friend, is not for the unbold. Anonymous. Now, I don't know who wrote that, but if I did knew him, I would tell him that even though I loathe poetry, there were certain notes within that work that rivaled Byron and his boys on their best days. But, Bridge. What a wonderful game of teamwork and strategy. And in victory, there are fewer moments in life that can make a player feel more proud and accomplished. Why, just take a listen to the undeniable fun Maribel and I had the last time we hosted Tad and Joni Woodbine for a game of good old-fashioned bridge. Maribel, honey, make sure the guests have some more boiled champagne. Sure, Fred. All right, who has the first bid, honey? All right, I'll put in a five of oops. I can play on that five. Oh, my. I'm afraid this is going way over my head. Usually I'm just used to playing my word games. What are your word games, Joni? Gossiping? Yeah, pinhead. <laughs> Tad, are you going to let them talk to me like this? Absolutely. If I wasn't a lady, I'd scream. Joni, have you thought about a hat? Why would I need a hat? Or just a kerchief or some kind of hood or balaclava. Well, this is the day when a man is telling me what I should and shouldn't wear. It's like Tad's birthday all over again. Okay, let's not get into that. Does anyone want another cheese ball? Tad, tell them about your birthday. <sighs> Joni tried to surprise me. Ah, the devil's gift. Exactly. I came home. I was tired. It had been a long day. The last thing I wanted to do was to celebrate. She arrives in a robe. I thought, okay. We're going to sleep. No. The robe drops. Some kind of frilly Parisian nightmare. Why, it was a night negligee. Oh, I do believe I went to the shop with Joni the day she bought that. I thought it looked lovely on her. Look, if you want to know what's sexy to a man, you come talk to a man. Am I right, Freck? I'm sorry, I was looking in my pockets. Okay. To think, we're talking about the word sexy over a game of cards, my lord. Well, you know, sex is about as holy as cottage cheese, according to Jesus in the Bible. That's true. First round goes to the maze. Congratulations, honey. Do I get a pony, Freck? <laughs> I'll say you do. <laughs> All right, Daddy. What do you mean, your Daddy? Oh, sometimes I call Freck Daddy. He likes it. But you aren't related. By law, I'm her husband and now father. Do you know the Joneses? Know them? I've met them. 
Well, Terry and Timmy Jones, they've been married for five years. They went to Ellis Island. You don't say. To go look at some ancestral things. Lo and behold, they're first cousins. <laughs> when I heard the news, I nearly called the police. They're probably going to have some kind of wood child or something that is hard in the head and can't express itself for fear of breaking its own skin. Well, I hope you're writing all this down in your journal, Joni, in case something should go awry. Don't worry, I am. First bid to the woodbines. Well, Tad, why don't you bid? All right, I push up seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, I... What, Joni? What's wrong? Why are you crying? I don't understand. I push up seven. We went over this. Have you never taught Joni how to play? Of course I've taught her how to play, but does she get it? You mentioned her small head. But is her brain small, too? You know the old saying, small head, even smaller brain, because it has to fit in there. That's the entire saying. Joni, you really ought to get a hat. I want to cut an orange in half and juice it on that thing. All right, now you've all had your fun. Ha ha, like I'm some sort of amusement park ride. Gee golly, Tad, how do you stay faithful when your wife has hair that flat? It's an excellent question, Maribel, and it's something I ask myself. I would ask myself, were I? Hair lip. Were I faithful, I would ask oh. myself that question. Sure. Well, Joni, are you going to push in? Well, yes, I'll push in seven. Okay. Now, you know you can't do that. Why, Tad just did, I suppose, because I'm Joni, I can't do it. Well, you simply can't follow a seven push with a seven push. You've got to go one higher or better. I always go one higher or better. But you didn't that time. <sighs> Joni, dear, why don't you push in an eight? Wink, wink. No table talk. All right, well, I guess I'll push in an eight. Now, that's better. Good girl. All right, play moves to me. I'll put down a skek. Ooh, Freck, a skek? I haven't had a skek since Connectedy. Honey, I think you're thinking of Connecticut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why all these words? It's like I'm playing one of my word games. Oh, these word games again. Do you care to explain? Why, I get a magazine. It's called Word Games. And in the magazine comes a bunch of words in two columns. All you do is take a word in column A and a word in column B, and it creates two words. Why, the other day I made baseball bat, I made piano forte, I made linguine with clams. Mmm, yummy. If only you had ever actually made linguine with clams, honey. You don't know how to cook. These word games are all she has. Can you take a wild guess as to how much these magazines of hers cost? Wait. These things cost money? Oh, they're not free, Freck. Let me just cut to the chase. They're $7.99 a year. Why, you have your bowling. Why can't I have my word games? Because I was given a bowling trust by my grandfather. Well, we all have our little indulgences, don't we? Why, Freck with his porcelain golfer figurines and me with my Chinese face cream. Well, we'll talk about that. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm sleeping next to a kabuki wraith. Oh, Joni, you really worked your way through that cheese log. Would you like another? Ted, does she eat this way at home? Damn it, Joni. Please get your head in the game. Not too much. I don't want to get stabbed. Oh, I think that was some sort of... Um... Honey, hand me my word games. Joni, please. <laughs> $7.99 down the drain. Down the drain? Why, look, right now. Car. Port. Sea. Urchin. Blood. Bath. Is she talking in tongues? <laughs> She's barely using her tongue. <laughs> All right. I'll open the bids this round. Here are three heart-shaped diamonds. All right, and I'll pitch in on four poo-poos. Well, Woodbine's over to you. I'm going to push up eight. <gasps> um, Joni, are you sure? 
You really want to do that? Yes, but what will you do for work? <laughs> Go ahead. Remove a piece of clothing. What? That's not what I meant. Tad, do you want to explain it to her? Honey, when you ate up, it's common parlance that you now must remove a portion of your clothing, and it should be your blouse. How about this? I'll put on the hat. Ooh, that fits nice. Joni, you look radiant. And I'll take off my blouse. Oh, oh Joni. Joni. Wow. I didn't know things on your body could get pointier than your head. Why? Uh, I'm uh, flattered. Folks, you see now why I married this young lady. She might not have it upstairs, but mid-stairs... It's pretty nice. That round and the game goes to the woodbines. Oh, hey, yes, hell we did it. <laughs> Would anyone like a little bit of yellow pudding? <laughs> <laughs> now then, we've covered some pretty masculine pursuits along this episode's path. But for my final area of expertise, the gloves are coming off. It's time to dig into what really makes a man a man. Roll up your sleeves, forego your second shape of the day, and get ready to get dirty because we're about to talk. Chapter 4, Model Railroading. Look, sometimes golf, guns, and gams just won't cut it. That's why when the moon is full, any man about town might simply just need to retreat to the model railroading room that comes standard with every house built between 1947 and present day and just get back to laying some track. Oh, it feels so good. So I'll leave the final word to the resident professional at the Whitest Pines Model Railroading Club, Russ Tenderson. Uh, Russ Tenderson here. I want to talk with you about my third passion, which is model railroading. Uh, If you're really just tired of everyone in your life, uh, head on down to the basement and tinker around with some model trains. I've got... Uh, well, what I've done is expand the basement out with just my, a shovel all to myself. I dug the basement into like a, it goes under the neighbor's house. I don't think he has any idea about it, but, uh, and, and I've expanded my model railroad down there. It's massive. It's, it's, uh, a replica of the continental United States in its entirety. Uh, and I've got a guy down there working for me and he doesn't ever leave the basement. He's just down there all the time tinkering away on these model trains. I get the feeling he'd love to get out of there and rejoin his people, but, uh, there's a lot to do. Anyway, uh, model railroading, give it a try. It's great fun. The Complete Man with Matt Borley as Frecklin May, Amanda Lund as Maribel May, Andy Daly as Russ Tenderson, James Bladen as Tad Woodbine, Maria Blasucci as Joni Woodbine, and me, Mark McConville, as Mort the Announcer. The Complete Man is written and produced by Matt Borley, executive produced by Amanda Lund. Until next time, this is Mort Kleinman for The Complete Man. Powered by ACAS. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.